Hi everyone, I'm Winston and I'm Grace and today we're going to bring you the second Bible reading which comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 to 9. Please join with us as we read. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. This is the word of the Lord. Hi everyone, my name is Ollie, I'm one of the ministers here at St Stephen's, and it's great to be with you today on this wonderful day, Easter Sunday. And so it's great to be here and it's time for our sermon now. And as we begin, I'm going to come before God and pray that he would help us in this time. So please pray with me. Dear Father above, we thank you that you're good and we thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you've shown your care to us through Jesus, your son. And so we thank you for Easter, the time when we can celebrate his life and his death and his resurrection. We pray as we consider that now that you might be with us and you might grow us in love for you and love for your son. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, happy Easter. I hope you're having a good day so far, kids. I hope you've had plenty of chocolate. Adults, I hope you've had plenty of chocolate as well. I know I certainly have. But isn't Easter such a wonderful time? For me, it's filled with so many good memories. I remember when I was a kid and we used to do Easter egg hunts and my mum and dad would hide them. My mum would hide them in fairly normal spots. But my dad, he was one of two extremes. Either he put them in absurdly easy places, like on the middle of the floor, or he'd hide the eggs in insanely difficult places like down heating vents or inside light switches, not to be found for months and months. I remember the time my dad got a giant Easter egg and he decided it would be a good idea to try and uh, smash it with his head. But you know what happened? The chocolate was too thick. And so he ended up hitting his head on it. It didn't break. And all that happened was he gave himself a headache. I remember the many family lunches together celebrating Easter, where we'd spend time together, where we'd eat together, and then we'll play board games afterwards. Easter is filled with so many great memories. And maybe uh, you're like me. Maybe you've got lots of good feelings about Easter. Maybe you're also a sweet tooth like me and you love the chocolate. And you love the chocolate for days and days afterwards. For weeks and weeks afterwards, we've got that never-ending supply of chocolate. Or maybe it's the public holidays. Not just one public holiday, but two public holidays. Two days off away from the busyness and stress of work. Maybe it's that you get to spend time with family. You get to go for walks together, you get to read books together, you get to watch movies together, you get to enjoy each other's company. 
Or maybe it's that it's the last final gasp of summer, the final few hot days before the spectre of winter comes in and comes down on top of us. Easter is a wonderful time filled with so many good things. But I wonder, have you ever felt a little bit let down by Easter? A little bit dissatisfied by all of those good things? Have you ever eaten chocolate and then all that happened, instead of feeling good, you felt sick afterwards? Or maybe you, uh, your family weren't able to come over. We're certainly experiencing that in some degree this year where because of the lockdown, we're not able to get together as family. Or maybe your family did come over and then they just ended up fighting and there was just arguments and it wasn't as good as you were hoping. Or maybe Easter reminds you of a loved one you've lost and you just end up feeling lonely. Or if we're hoping for hot weather, what happens when it's wet and it's cold and we don't get that heat that we want? Have you ever found that sometimes Easter actually ends up letting us down and actually doesn't satisfy us? Well, the good news is that there's a truth about Easter that won't let us down. A truth about Easter that will always satisfy us. What is it? Well, it's tied in with the truth of Easter, the true meaning of Easter. See, Easter is actually all about death and it's all about life. It's all about death because there's no doubt Jesus was dead. But it's also all about life because there's no doubt Jesus is alive. That's the wonderful truth of Easter that won't leave us dissatisfied and disappointed. And so, firstly, the wonderful truth that Easter is all about death. It's all about death because it's all about Jesus' death. That's what Paul tells us in this letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15. He tells us Jesus was dead and Jesus was buried. And now we know that's, that's what happened because that's what all the historical eyewitness accounts agree on. They all recount with horror the fact that Jesus was crucified, that he was killed. The way he was beaten and spat on. The way he was betrayed. The way he was mocked. The way that they put a crown of thorns on his head. The way he hung up there naked and mocked and humiliated. The way he was crucified. See, this is what we find out about in all the historical eyewitness accounts that Jesus was crucified and there's no doubt that he was dead. Because that's what crucifixion does. It was a method of execution specifically designed to kill. And not just kill, but to torture at the same time. And so it's, there's no way anyone can survive it. There's no doubt Jesus was dead. Now, you might be thinking... Sure, normally crucifixion kills someone, but maybe they just made a mistake this time. Somehow they made a mistake and Jesus wasn't actually dead. But you see, to think that is to not understand properly who it was that was doing the executing. The ones doing the executing here was the Roman Empire and they were an empire that specialized in death. They were an empire that had killed untold millions of people in their conquests and executed countless more. In fact, in one particularly bloody episode, they crucified over 2,000 people at once. There were so many people crucified that there wasn't space for all of the crosses. These, this is the empire we're dealing with. There's no doubt this empire knew how to kill someone. And of course, the people doing the executing themselves were soldiers. 
Their whole job is to kill people. They're experts in killing people. That was their job and that's what they're good at. And so to say that they didn't recognize what a dead body was like is to say that a baker doesn't recognize what a loaf of bread looks like. I mean, it's just foolish. Of course, a baker knows what a loaf of bread looks like. And of course, a soldier knows what a body looks like. And so there's no doubt they knew how to kill someone. And there's no doubt that Jesus was dead. In fact, so dead was he that at one point the soldiers got a spear and they stabbed him in the side as he hung up there. And out of the wound came water and came blood. And what that's a sign of is that they pierced the pericardium. Brian, I hope I pronounced that correctly. But the pericardium is a sac around the heart. And so the fact that water and blood came out is a sure sign that Jesus was dead. See, this is the truth of Easter. There's no doubt Jesus was dead. And now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but there's no doubt, just like Jesus, there's no doubt we will die. Death is that great enemy hanging over our heads that we can't escape from. And we're getting a small glimpse of this at the moment with this terribly sad situation of the coronavirus. It's impacting the world so much, we've had over 1.5 million people diagnosed with it. And 100,000 people dead from it. And the thing is, it's getting everyone. It's not sparing anyone. People from all spheres of life, the wealthy, the powerful, the famous. And so that's why we see Tom Hanks has got it. Boris Johnson has got it. Even Prince Charles got it. See, sickness and death comes for all people, no matter what class, what age, it comes for all people. But interestingly, did you know as bad as this coronavirus is, it's not even the leading killer this year. See, there's been many more deaths from all sorts of things. We've had over 100,000 deaths just from seasonal flu this year. There's been over 300,000 deaths from traffic accidents, over 600,000 deaths related to alcohol, 2 million deaths from cancer, and 2.4 million deaths from hunger, all just this year. See, the truth is that we can't escape death. It's that great tidal wave just waiting to sweep us away. And that's what we remember at Easter. We remember that there's no doubt we'll die. But of course, at the start, I said that there's a truth about Easter that won't leave us dissatisfied, that will satisfy us. But so far, all I've talked about is death. And so death is much worse than a sore stomach from chocolate. It's much worse than bickering and fighting at Easter family events. It's much worse than having cold weather when we wanted hot weather. And so how on earth is this a truth that won't leave us dissatisfied? Well, it's because that's not all there is. There's more to Easter than just death. There's also life. Because even though there's no doubt that Jesus was dead, there's also no doubt that Jesus is alive. That's what Paul continues on in his letter, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 8. He tells us of all the appearances that Jesus made after his death. And so he begins by telling us that Jesus appeared to Peter and to the twelve, to his closest followers. And what happened with them was they were cowering away, scared for their lives, thinking that the guards were about to kick through the door and take them, arrest them and execute them. And they're cowering in fear. And Jesus comes and he appears to them. 
and they eat with him, they look at him, they talk with him and they touch him. And they conclude, there's no doubt Jesus is alive. And so, of course, what they did then for the rest of their lives was they went around telling people this wonderful truth. And they told people and faced all sorts of persecutions for it. But nevertheless, they couldn't stop telling people, there's no doubt Jesus is alive. And in fact, a guy called Charles Colson, who was special counsel to former US president, Richard Nixon, said this, I know the resurrection is a fact. And Watergate proved it to me. Yeah? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep a lie for 40 years, absolutely impossible. See, there's nothing that could have enabled them to face that kind of persecution, except for the fact they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. There was no doubt Jesus is alive. And then uh, Paul tells us how Jesus appeared to more than 500 people at once, a staggering amount of people. And that most of these people were still alive at the time that Paul was doing this letter. And so the implication is go and talk to them yourself. Go and talk to them and they'll tell you about how they saw Jesus. They'll say to you, there's no doubt Jesus is alive. We saw him with our own eyes. And then the next one that Jesus appeared to is James, his half brother. And for me, this is key. Because just like any self-respecting sibling, James doesn't want to give his brother too much. He doesn't want to give too much credit to his sibling. And so rather than being something that helped him believe that Jesus was the son of God, being a sibling actually made him less likely to believe that. See, imagine being in his shoes. Imagine seeing your brother or your sister, the one you've grown up with. Imagine seeing them walk around telling people that they were God and that they were going to defeat death. That same brother that you grew up with, that same brother you played games with when you were a kid, that same brother you ate meals with, you sat at the kitchen table with, that same brother you slept near at night, that same brother is telling people he's God. I mean, if that was my brother or my sister, then I'd think they were insane. And in fact, that is what James thinks. Earlier on in the Bible, he thinks that Jesus is insane. But something changes. Something changes that makes James go from one of Jesus', Jesus most fearsome critics to instead being one of his most loyal followers. And it can be nothing other than this, that Jesus appeared to James and James was certain Jesus is alive. After that, Jesus then appeared to Paul and to the other apostles. But if we look at it, if we consider all of those witnesses, there can be no doubt in our mind. Anyone who's basing a decision based on that evidence has to conclude there's no doubt Jesus is alive. And see, that's what Easter's all about. That's the good news of Easter, that someone has defeated death. <coughs> but the incredible thing to it is that he didn't just defeat death for himself. He also defeated death for us so that anyone who comes after Jesus, who trusts in Jesus and submits to Jesus, might also have eternal life. 
See, this is the wonderful hope of Easter, the hope that someone has defeated death for our sake. And that through Jesus, we can have life to eternal life. See, that's the wonderful truth about Easter. While there's no doubt that Jesus is alive, there can be no doubt that we'll have eternal life too if we just trust in him. And so that's the wonderful truth of Easter that won't leave us dissatisfied, that won't leave us disappointed. The truth that life triumphed over death. It satisfies us so much more than fun or family or food. So much more than hot weather or hot cross buns. This is the wonderful truth of Easter. Life has triumphed over death. And what it enables us to do, it enables us to face all of the difficulties of life without losing heart. At the moment, we're in such a hopeless time. We have coronaviruses bearing down on the world. It's causing such mayhem and such panic. People are losing hope. They see sickness around. They see death around. And this is causing all this stockpiling and craziness that we see around. The world is in a panic. But see, the wonderful thing about Easter is it means we don't have to fear. We don't need to be scared. Because we know we can face sickness and death with confidence. Because there's no doubt Jesus is alive. Life has triumphed over death. It gives us such hope. And that's in fact the hope that a woman called Bronwyn had. She was a loving wife, a mother of four children, a GP. But in 2009, at just 45 years of age, she was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. Imagine that. It's so heartbreaking. Imagine in an instant her life ended. Finding out that she'll never get to grow old with her husband, that she'll never get to see her kids get older, she'll never be able to see them get married or have kids, she'll never be able to see her grandkids. It's heartbreaking. But see, the wonderful thing about Bronwyn was she was a Christian, and so she knew of the wonderful hope of Easter, the hope that says Jesus has defeated death with her, death for her. And so that enabled her to not lose hope and to uh, compose this wonderful letter. And it's worth checking out her whole letter, but this is just a snippet of what she says in that letter. She says this, I am so thankful to God for the resurrection of Jesus, which means I will have victory over death and don't need to fear pain or the dying process. How incredible is that? The resurrection, the incredible truth that Jesus is alive has taken away her fear of death and of pain. It's given her a hope and a satisfaction that even death and sickness can't steal away. Why? Because she knows that Jesus has won and given her eternal life. And so that's the wonderful truth of Easter, the wonderful truth that life triumphs over death, the wonderful truth that will never let us down. And so that's why she was able to conclude her letter like this. She said, the plans of the Lord are perfect, even if I don't know the reason for everything. All I know is that soon I will be with the Lord forever, because Jesus alone has saved me through his death and resurrection. How incredible is that? And that's why we celebrate Easter, because life has triumphed over death. And that's what enables us then to face sickness, to face cancer, to face the coronavirus, to face even death while still having hope, because we know Jesus is alive and he's given us eternal life.
And in God's wonderfully beautiful timing, do you know what happened with Bronwyn? She died on Easter Sunday, 2013. How incredible is that? That because of that wonderful event almost 2,000 years ago, that wonderful event on the first Easter Sunday, because of that, on this following Easter Sunday, almost 2,000 years later, she might be able to enter into eternal life. It's incredible. Imagine the joy she felt when she closed her eyes here on earth for the final time and opened them up in heaven for the first time to look into the face of her Savior. See, this is the wonderful hope of Easter, the hope that life has triumphed over death. And so whatever we're going through, whether we're facing cancer, whether it's this coronavirus, whatever it is we're facing, the wonderful hope is that we don't need to be scared. We don't need to have fear because Jesus has defeated death. Whatever we're going through, Bronwyn's hope is our hope. Her confidence is our confidence. The confidence that Jesus is alive. And so whatever your day looks like today, enjoy it. Enjoy the chocolate. Enjoy the time with family. Enjoy the time with friends online. Enjoy the rest away from work. Enjoy it all. But never forget, there's something more to Easter. There's something deeper to Easter. The wonderful truth that on that very first Easter Sunday, life triumphed over death. I'm going to pray and thank God for this wonderful good news. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you that you are good and that you care about us. And we thank you that you showed this goodness through your son, Jesus. We thank you that he came and he died in our place, but then he rose and defeated death. That that's the good news of Easter that won't leave us dissatisfied. The wonderful news that someone has defeated death. And all we need to do is to trust in that person, to follow him, to accept that he is our king. And so we thank you for Jesus and we thank you for Easter Sunday, the time when we can rejoice in that. And we pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.